0: Guardian angels and patron saints, pray pray for us. Our gospel reading today features a healing in which uh, Jesus touches the tongue and the ears to to make a deaf man hear and unlock his, his lips to be able to speak once again. This particular gospel passage is invoked each time we baptize a child. The minister of baptism, after baptizing the child, conducting the exorcism of the child, anointing with chrism, repeats these words over that over that baptized child. Ephatha, be opened. May your ears be opened to receive his word. The minister touches those, those cute little baby ears. And may he loosen your lips to be able to proclaim the praises of God to his glory. Touching that little, those little baby lips. Go ahead. Ephatha, be opened. The sacrament of baptism is a liberation, it's a freeing of what has been tied up and, and chained by sin. In the case of an infant, original sin. We, we still believe in that, that we're born into a condition in which we need to be healed and lifted out by the mercy of God. This particular gospel passage gets me thinking about some of the circumstances of the of the contemporary access to Jesus. Right, we have many examples in which people are approaching the Lord spontaneously, looking for healing. Right, and oftentimes we see examples not in this particular gospel passage, but in others, in which the disciples seem to present an obstacle rather than a bridge. They stand in the way of people getting access to Jesus. They're running interference to keep. Leave him alone. Let him, let him eat. Let him sleep. He doesn't, he's busy. And of course, Jesus saying, let them come to me. Always let them come to me. So it presents a particular problem to our pastoral situation here and now, because oftentimes that's precisely an accusation that's leveled against the church. You don't give people access, you prevent it. You don't let people see Jesus, you conceal him. You don't bring people close to him. You keep keep them at a distance. It's an objection that I I hear, in fact, as a pastor, trying to help facilitate an encounter with Jesus through the sacraments on the part of his people. It's It's a problem. It's something that I deal with on a regular basis because the fact is, it's not always clear why people come to church for sacraments. I don't know that there was ever a time in the church's history where it could be safely assumed that those who come to be baptized or to mass or to receive confirmation or other sacraments, marriage, do so out of, out of faith. I don't know that there was ever a time when that was just something that we could easily take for granted, but I don't believe that this time is, is one of them either. Certainly there are people, all sorts of people who come seeking the sacraments. They want an encounter with Jesus. And our job is to get out of the way. But in other cases, it's not so clear. And So in the process of being a a pastor, I've come to try to discern what, what is the right way? What is the right way as a faithful disciple of Jesus to make sure that I and the church are a bridge to the Lord rather than an obstacle or a wall. So over the course of the last couple of years, we've been really trying to promote a sense. How do we, how do we present ourselves and avoid any semblance of, of putting up barriers? One of those things is something that I encounter all the time in my process of prep- preparing uh, couples to baptize a child. How much does it cost to baptize at your church. That's a, that's a phone call we get pretty frequently. How much does it cost to baptize for a baptism? So I like to talk with parents, I like to talk through with parents. How much does it cost? What, is it, what does it cost here? My answer, I have two answers actually. Nothing. Everything. It costs nothing, of course, because What sense would it make for us to charge for eternal life? We don't charge for the sacraments. We're not vendors. This isn't a venue. This is a sacred place dedicated to the service of God in which people may enter into a a mystery, a gift in which Jesus himself is present. That'll be $150. (laughs) What sense would it make to treat it in those terms? In fact, if we did that, people would be right to conclude, you're in it for something other than faith. There's some other reason. So we don't charge for the sacraments. But we do ask that people be active in their faith. I can't see into people's hearts. I can't read their souls. I don't follow them around all day and see how they conduct their lives. Are you a faithful disciple of Jesus? I can't do that, right? And the alternative isn't just, well, anybody can come baptize at all because that that suggests that really it doesn't involve anything in terms of how we live our lives or how we relate to God. It becomes an empty ceremony So the middle ground is something like when someone says, I, in faith, want to receive this gift of, of being introduced to the Lord in this encounter, being lifted out of original sin. I want this for my child. I want to provide for this child the education and formation that they need in order to live out these promises that are made on their behalf today. To renounce sin, to renounce Satan, to renounce all the deceptions of evil, and profess faith in Christ Jesus. Well, in that case, it's probably going to show up in your life in some way. Maybe it would even show up as faithfully attending Mass. Not as the goal of Christian life, that's the sign that you've made it. I got my merit badge for perfect attendance at church, but the foundation, the entry point, the place of encounter where my life of faith actually grows. So, I ask families, if you would like to baptize a child at Christ the King or at Blessed Sacrament Parish, please attend Mass. Have the habit of attending Mass. And I've chosen the somewhat arbitrary figure of six months. Please attend Mass for at least six months. Have a habit of attending Mass. Make it a part of your life. Make it unthinkable for your family not to go to Mass on Sunday. Now, is there a case to be made for three months or nine months or some other arbitrary period of time? Sure. But let's, let's have the habit in place. Otherwise, as a minister of baptism, what assurance do I have that this child, that I'm baptizing, you stand up in the presence of the church and say, I promise to, to give this child what they need to bring them to heaven one day? Right? Otherwise, what, what, what What does that mean? And in that sense, really, when we ask the question, what does baptism cost? The answer is everything. Everything. When I'm submerged in the waters of baptism, when when that water is poured over me, and I'm washed clean of my sins, I'm lifted up out of the poverty of my human birth and my this, the the brokenness into which we are all born and i'm adopted as a brother or sister of jesus i call his father my father i know him and he knows me the old me dies the old me is flushed down the river with the rest of the off-scouring garbage of the world, and a new me is recreated, comes up out of the waters with a life that is not my own. In that sense, what do I have left for myself? I, I am the one who's given to God in that sacrament. I am the one who's handed over to God and he does not want anything less than all of me. So perhaps there are situations in which we find ourselves here in the church asking something of people. Come. Take your place within this within this assembly. You're important. When, there's, when you're not here, there's a vacancy. There's an amputated limb on the body of Christ. You're not simply a matter of indifference. Every single one of us has his or her place in this body. Every single one of us belongs. That's what the Lord is inviting us to. And if I find myself in a position as a pastor saying, it looks like you don't have the habit Of coming to Mass. You don't have the habit of making, helping this to show up in your life. I don't ever want to give the impression of saying, therefore, go away. It should always be, therefore, let's start today. What better day to start than today? You have a place here with us. Come. We believe that we have access to eternal life here. Come. It's for you too. May your ears be opened. May your lips be untied to hear his word and to proclaim his his praises for the glory of his name. That's our wish. Yes, it takes the form of Yep, register as a parishioner. Yep, start turning in envelopes. (laughs) But without those little safeguards, without those little signs of our sincere intention to follow through on these commitments and promises that we make, well, what do those things mean? They stay rolling around in our heads. One day, one day I'll do that. And if we have people passing through through our doors here that we don't offer that invitation to, it's an opportunity to introduce them to Jesus that's been missed. And we send them away unchanged. So, I always want that to be clear. That we're not here to charge for access to eternal life. I want it always to be clear that what the, the, the precondition for coming and receiving these gifts and sacraments is nothing other than Faith. That's the great equalizer that gives us access to all of this. As St. James says in his second reading, show no partiality. Don't judge by appearances. Let the faith be what brings all of us together as one. For in fact, many times those you judge as poor are rich because their faith is alive Make no judgment, show no partiality, adhere to the faith in our glorious Lord Jesus Christ. For he has promised this to those who love him. May we too be a family of faith. May we speak openly of the Father, of the love that the Father has for each one of his sons and daughters. And so become not an obstacle, but a bridge to Jesus. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.